Hello, and welcome back to Golden Grenades on location with Kit and Will. In part two of our Northumbrian road trip, we pick up largely where we left off, up on the Northumberland coast with Tom Cadwallander as he introduces us to his local patch. Right then. Are we, are we kicking off? We're kicking off, we'll just walk and talk. So here we are in Tom's patch at the... Well, actually, Tom, you introduce your patch. My patch is the Alnestuary, or the Greater Alnestuary, as I like to call it. And it's more than just the Alnestuary. Um, it sort of covers Alnmouth and the dunes to the south of both Biston Links and uh, areas to the north, Foxton, and perhaps up to Seaton Point. So I have this bigger area to go at. <gasps> Hang on, Tom, stop. Is that a check on the path? That's a lapwing chick yep. on the path. Yeah, so it is. Uh, is it is it still alive? Yep. Oh, oh man. <laughs> no Let's way. Get a shot we won't That's get why this. the lapwing's going crazy. Yep. Wow. Look at <gasps> that. Being so handled by an expert here as well. We have, so. Yeah, lapwing and chick in the hand. Oh, wow. Right, come on, where? And I'll put it over here. Put it somewhere safe. Is it? Good I'm spot, that. I'm just gonna. Hey, yeah. I'm just gonna throw it over here. <laughs> I, seriously. You're not gonna sling it. I am. You can't chuck a lapwing, chick. I can. I can't fly. There. You are. I'll just throw it into this grassy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's all right. He's fine. Of course it is. Yeah. Hey, kid. <laughs> You've done this before, Tom. This isn't your first rodeo. <laughs> That was a live moment there. Lapwing chick. Rescue. Say, rescue off the path. We've got about five or six pairs nesting in the kind of in the environs. And majority of them have got really quite big chicks. In fact, yeah. a lot of them are fledged. And a number of the birds that we have here, there's about 30 odd lapwings currently on the estuary. And some of those birds will be from the north. And I'm assuming that all of them are from the north, but actually there's not. There's some local birds in amongst them as well. So that's interesting. And that chick there proves it. I wonder how that chick ended up on the path so far away from well, presumably where the, the nest was. It's a very good question, that. When the tide comes, a lot of these, these birds are pushed right up onto this, onto this salt marsh here until kind of mid-teens of the 2000s, if that makes sense. Yeah. This was all farmland, pretty poor quality farmland. And it was flood defences, flood defences all the way around here. So I was involved with the project. We had the scheme where we're going to take the... In fact, we did. We took the flood banks down and we allow the tidal kind of processes to reclaim this area. So this area we see in front of us has become a salt marsh and just allowing the kind of the, the estuary to operate as a floodplain. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And it's yeah. we've we've made habitat here. So this is my personal private nature reserve. Yeah, that's awesome. And this is Tom's yeah. seat. And it's Tom's oh, seat. seat. Famous yeah, from Jim and Nancy's painting birds. Jim and Nancy were sitting on our Right of me. I'm going to try and match the cheeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just about right. And uh, I shall sit here. So, since you've done this uh, creation of your own nature reserve, <laughs> what differences have you seen and what birds have you managed to entice? Well, uh, the estuary area itself is de designated a, a site of special scientific interest for several species, as well as being kind of interesting uh, floristically. But also there's some bird species here. There's redshank, curlew... Widgeon and teal, wintering birds. And what we've seen, though, in terms of this kind of new habitat, 
is that we've seen those numbers of birds really increase. When we first yeah. came here, we would get 20 or 30 sort of widgeon and stuff. Um, and, but now, in the last sort of four or five winters, I'm counting, four and five hundred. Actually, the, the, one of the most staggering things in recent years has been the high tide roost. High tide weirdo roost, I should say. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's, that's in the autumn. There's lapwing building, there's red shank, there's oyster catchers, we have dunlins, um, not will come onto here, curly sandpipers will come onto here. And this area is in the autumn, early autumn, I'm talking sort of um, end of August, September time, and when these birds are really coming through. And that area uh, in front of us is just staggering. The, yeah. It can be amazing and get a great thrill, thrill out of that. We moved here in 1989 as a temporary fix. Yeah. We've been here. 34 years in a temporary fix <laughs> so Not and it's brilliant stuff, yeah. it's brilliant to but sitting to here come. I can see why you wouldn't want to yeah. leave and when you're wandering around you know you're building up your knowledge of an area and it, it kind of becomes innate at a time and you kind of you're casting around and stuff and you're, 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 you're noticing little nuances little differences but in terms of breeders here we have uh, eiders eider ducks yes bird number four Again, back in the day, sorry, it's, it's, it sounds like a nostalgia trip. This. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm remembering when I was a lad, Kit. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when this was all fields. That's right, yes. And <laughs> I had a head of hair. <laughs> but the, uh, it was the received, again, it received wisdom. We didn't think there were that many Idas bred on mainland because they come across from Cogat Island here at such a small size and they're, they're tiny. And they'll cross over as a kind of a two days old. And yet they're, they're just like, they're balls of fluff. And it's because of that that you think, well, have they bred locally or have they bred on, on the island offshore? And that has always been confusing. And about four years ago, I found a, a, an Ida sitting just over there. And it was just by the cy- uh, cycle track. And I think, what a stupid place to, to build your nest. <laughs> and she had two eggs ah. and she, she failed. But that for me was the first evidence I had that they bred on mainland here yeah, on, the, yeah. on the estuary. They're incredibly discreet Ida's. You know, the females, uh, the big lumps of birds, you know, they're really chunky things. They're, they're so cryptically plumaged, they'll just sit tight. Yeah. And you, you just wouldn't know they were there, but they'll sit tight. But so anywhere where there's a grassy bank, a little bit of shelter, and they'll, they'll be fine, they'll get in there. Whilst the male has kind of been doing its thing. Yep. Yeah, the uh, all the big show off. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yes. Ooh. Uh, yes. Look at me, Mrs. Yeah. And you see it in the in the in the estuary here. It's 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 good. You see them displaying. So now there are there's there's five, perhaps even six broods in the estuary, and I would suspect all of those have bred here. You see the the young the bundles of fluff, and they're looked after. They're cared for by non-breeding females. Plus, obviously, the, the females. The, the males yeah. tend to just drift off and they become kind of in their, get in their little gangs, their little packs. The males will just sort of sneak away somewhere yeah. and, and kind of just show off to one another. And uh, whereas the females, they're kind of they're down to the business. But they have these antis, you know, the non-breeding birds, and they, they kind of gather them up. And, in the crash. In the crash. Yeah. And it's great, you know. Right you, oh, it's, it's fabulous to see that yeah. these little guys, and they have this, this noise that they, they emit, and it's... It's like I board motor, you know the old, yeah, yeah, old yeah, outboards, yeah. and it's just like that, and, and it's just it's bringing all the all the, the chicks together. And uh, a number of years ago, I, w- I was working down on Druridge Bay, and this this person brought me this this Ida duckling, you know. And uh, oh yes, with, with, this was lost. It's the story at this time of year. The, the number of times I get calls about, oh, this bird's got lost, and, and this bit, his parents have, have have left it, and so, so anyway, I knew what I had to do with this bird. So I, at the time, I knew there were uh, was uh, crashes of eiders on the Cocod estuary, and there was kind of decent sized numbers. So I just waited for the tide to rise. So I went down the back the back road to down the gut, 
and uh, got really quite close to the shore and I had this little bundle of, of feathers in my hand and took aim and I, <laughs> I ran back just not, I didn't run back very far but I ran back just a few paces and I threw this Ida duckling as hard as I possibly could over on? over oh yeah yeah, yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm a vice president of the local cricket club here and um, so yes I threw it as hard as I possibly could and this little duckling was oh, going through the air and, oh it's like slow motion oh his legs <laughs> doing all of this he was swinging back and forward and eventually plop into the into the sea and it hit the it hit the water and started to this this noise it was the the beeping noise and um the idas the the, the aunties quickly saw it bop, 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 straight round gathered it up and took it into their crash oh amazing uh, hey. great yeah. yeah amazing and and that nice. just off it went i don't know how it's, if it it's survived or not because obviously i hardly recognize the the individual yeah but I gave it a decent chance. Nice work. Yeah. Oh, so nice yes. Work, yeah. So when she, when you thought, ah, throw it as hard as you possibly could, overall, all that sort of business, you thought, what a cruel person that is. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what's he doing? Yeah. This is yeah. insane. He's going to lob a baby bird that's like three days old. That's right. Yes. Tom. Tom. If we find another one, can I throw it? <laughs> of course you can. <laughs> I'll have to give you quite a detailed instruction. Of course. I you can't lo- just you can't just do it yourself. I you want mean. to lob a chick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is going to become a new, a new <laughs> hobby. This. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what have you got on your list? Oh, I've got these. I've lobbed these ones. Yeah. 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 yeah the lobbed that's bird list. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's a bit. Oh. oh shh. 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 <laughs> we'll get a bad reputation here. Yeah. And it's so I mean, the Idas. They are an iconic species for oh. Northumberland, aren't oh, they? Yeah. You know. County not... bird of Northumberland. County bird of Northumberland. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously they've got the history, you know, St Cuthbert. We, we call them cuddy ducks. Yeah, we've talked about we've talked about Ida's a couple of times on the podcast as well. So all right, okay. We don't need to go into all the the history, but yeah, they're they're iconic birds around here. Absolutely, and and to see them feeding in the river, it's 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 amazing actually. You know, the shape of their heads. You know, to see how they're wedge shaped, the power that they can exert at the tip of their bill. Yeah, it's it's not for nothing, man. No. And it's there for a reason. They've got that shape of the head. They can break open bivalves. Have you got Have you got any uh, eider duck scars? No, I haven't. No. But I have watched a female eider eat a crab, and that was that was an education. Yeah. Nice. And I have actually watched it several times. She nipped a leg off. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And then she flicked her head up and, and threw the crab in the air. And it was t- as it was turning around, she came, it came back down. She caught it, nipped another leg off, oh, right. and then. Did this and did the same and repeated that till it was actually legless. <laughs> then she had the got the carapace yeah. in her mouth and yeah, as I mentioned the kind of the the power that's exerted yeah, yeah. on the uh, exerted from this 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 tip of this bill broke open the uh, the carapace and wow. then swallowed it whole just like that. Isn't that female eiders there with some chicks coming across? Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, female eiders. This uh, one, two, three, four, five chicks with two, with two adults, adult females in amongst them. Yeah. So they, one of those will be an auntie. Uh, it looks like they're crossing the road, doesn't it? Like you yeah, know, like yeah. it's like when you see kids going off to the, the the library from school. Yeah. Yeah. And they've all got their little high vis jackets on. Uh, great, I love it. I love yeah. it. And there's a lot of those guys around at the minute. All right, nice. I started bird watching a long time ago. And I wasn't a young guy when I started. I was I was kind of twenty or something. And one person kind of sparked that kind of focused interest in birds in me. Yeah. Uh, and and that will live forever. Yeah. And it's just yeah, wonderful. Yeah. And it became not just a hobby, uh, it's become a, an all-consuming passion. Mm. And but also it's also my my kind of work. Yeah, of course. It's my yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. And and people pay me to go bird watching. Yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So yes, and even at my great age, you know, so. <laughs> 
Talking of that, because obviously you've, you're, you're a very well-travelled man over the years and you've done a lot of birding in, in some exotic lands and you've yeah. seen a lot of the world's amazing species, Will came up with an idea for a new question that we're going to introduce oh, yes. into the podcast, oh, yeah. which yeah, might yeah. become a feature, it might not, we'll see how it goes, but Will has a question for you. Oh, yeah. So if it is basically, what would your dream bird be on your bird table? Like you could have anything you like, but if and, and also what would you entice them with if there was a particular thing? But like, uh, yeah, if you're sitting there, what what's the absolute dream boat you could get to to land on your bird table? Cool. Yeah. Right. Okay. Thanks for that, Will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No I'm, I'm just just Three, thinking about two one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the dream birds, man. I've got a, quite a range of dream birds, and there's a range of iconic species across the world and I, I try that's, that's what kind of drives my kind of bird watching in various places and, uh, and I've seen quite a few really nice ones uh, my ro- most recent nice one was the resplendent quetzal oh, in Costa Rica oh, and that nice. was that was pretty good very and um, but anyway that's, that's, that's me just stalling for time and um, <laughs> so my, my, the next one on my list that uh, I'm, I'm looking to see would be the Egyptian plover um, the elephant bird and it's, I'm going to uh, Gambia next February to see that. So they are obviously a wading bird. So I'm thinking, well, wouldn't it be cool if I could attract an Egyptian plover? Into your garden. Into my garden, north. yeah. That sounds nice and adventurous. That's what we want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got a pond. Yeah. It's not like the big rivers of Gambia, I have to say, but it's a pond. Yeah. Plenty of frogs for it to eat. It yeah. would be comfortable. Oh, absolutely. We, w- we would look after it. We, w- we would give it a good home. And, um, and then you could chuck it over the fence. Yeah, yeah. Once I got bored, once I got onto another species that I want to see, I can just move it on to someone else. So, fling so it and ring it. Fling it and ring it, yeah. So, yeah. What would yours be, Will? I'd take a golden oriole any time on my yeah. golden Oh, well, that's, that's fine, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of plausible somehow. You'd have to grow some poplars in your flat in Crystal and Palace. Some, some <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll put out some old... Uh, dried figs and they can come yeah. oh yeah, yeah I'd put out a howler monkey for a harpy eagle I think <laughs> I've never seen a harpy eagle have you not nope nope never well, seen one it's a special bird you have yeah. to go to oh, yeah. good lengths to get oh, yeah. it I know exactly where to go and yeah. that may well be after I've got Egyptian plover that might be the next one <laughs> I want to see well I can see why you would want to sit here all day Tom but it's a it's a, a beautiful spot oh, it's a, yeah. a stunning yeah, place I really enjoyed isn't it? sitting here yeah. where some famous bums were yeah, yeah. and uh, having a good chat about birds so it's been absolute treat Tom thank you very much for uh, showing us around pleasure's all mine it's nice to spend some time with you now where's, where's the pub yeah <laughs> well it's been a good day Kit today it's been decent mate well what was your highlight um, I think the lapwing chick on the on the path. Tom loving the, hap- the lapwing. Oh, loving it. Yeah. <laughs> we had a good day. Just had a couple of mild ales and uh, just uh, brushing teeth before uh, snoozy time. Before bed and more more birds tomorrow. Yeah. Hopefully a ring oozle. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are on day three of our Northumbrian Odyssey. Who are we going to see today then? Hopefully, well, we're going inland, we're going into the hills. Hopefully we'll see some hill specialist tree pipits and red poles and fingers crossed what we're really after is a... A, a ring oozle. A ring oozle. Oh. 
again again a bird i've not seen um Mm. so if we get lucky with that that and a nightjar i'd be well pleased i love a bird with a bib (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we're we're just gonna jump in the car and head off to northumberland national park to hopefully track down a ring oozle let's go will let's go So, Will and I are here in deepest Northumberland with Mark Eaton, ornithologist and conservation scientist, who after two decades with the RSPB now works as secretary for the Rare Breeding Birds panel. His pioneering work on the UK Red List has highlighted that a third of our birds are in population freefall. And we might see some of those birds today, maybe, hopefully. So, Mark, hi. Hello. <laughs> Delighted to be, be with you. No, it's great. It's great to be out and about. You enjoying it so far, Will? It's amazing. We're in the beautiful land, really, aren't we? It's, uh, it's perfect. Yeah, so where are we, Mark? We're walking up the Hope Valley. So we're in the, the Cheviots. We've got the Cheviot itself, the biggest hill in Northumberland, above us to our, to our right, to the north. We're w- walking up the, the burn to the south of it which is a lovely sort of wide valley dotted with, with birch scrub uh, and then sloping up to the, to the moors, the bracken slopes and the moors above and it's full of birds. There yeah. is a wind chat singing up there now, yeah. <laughs> I can hear, so we might have to stop Let's look stop. the wind chat. Yeah, let's have a look. Um, and yeah, it is, it is one of the, the most lovely valleys in North England, full of, full of lovely birds. And so far we've had red start and crossbill and Grey wagtail, dippers, wind chat. We're about to get on, hopefully. I can see a red grouse up there. Underneath the tree. I don't think I've ever seen a red grouse under a tree before. <laughs> Sticking his head right up. The wind chat's on top of the hawthorn bush. Ah, good. Yes, I see it. Yep. Brilliant. Nice. There it goes. There it goes, yeah. Oh, it's back. back. Yeah. There's a kestrel up on the brow. That's a pretty good start, isn't it? No, not bad. Yeah. I'm just going to see how many red-listed birds you can see. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Mm. So red-pole winchat. Yeah. So far. Curly, it's been not curly, right? Yeah, curly. Yeah. yeah. Missile thrush, you saw missile I thrush? I saw missile, missile thrush. thrush. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the house, I think. Yeah, the house, I think. I thought I saw. Yeah, yeah. That was a spotty fly catcher from the... Oh, they're going down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, spot fly, nice. We were in the pub last night watching the Champions League final, as you do. And uh, got chatting to the oh, the dudes, the two dudes <laughs> next to us, like who were like in their early sixties, but they were fit as locks. One was a rower, one was an extreme walker, and just you know, what do you do? And we all got chatting about these animation work and birds and things. And this guy said, "Oh, I've got this tree in my garden, and I get all these different birds. I call it the tree of life." And you know, he's like, "I've got ducks, you know, nesting in the, on the brood at the bottom of the tree." 
and then I've got, you know, he named all, he's like, oh, I've got a nest box that had blue tits in, but tree sparrows have turfed them out. And he's like, because they're, they're on the endangered list, you know. And it was really nice, you know, this, yeah. this, this guy, he was just there watching football and, you know. Yeah, he seemed we had yeah, no keen e- interest, didn't he? Yeah. Did you, did you transfer him a book? <laughs> you, yep. you know what, we did. <laughs> he said my, he said my wife... Uh, Within seconds. <laughs> my wife loves it. And I was like, oh, well, you, you know, you might, she might be interested in... And I uh, mentioned the book and he went, oh, it's her birthday next month. She's going to love that, you know, so he, he jotted it down in his phone. <laughs> Any opportunity to spread the word? <laughs> it does feel like, though, I don't know if it's necessarily true, but it does feel like there are a few more people that are aware, maybe, of in recent years, of the birds that are declining in the UK. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think you think you're right. Definitely. I think you're right. I think conservation organisations have been a bit better at consistent messaging around this. And I, yeah. I think people are more ready to, to, to be alarmed about these things. I mean, it's, it's not necessarily a, a bird or wildlife thing, but the whole um, water quality yeah. sewage issue demonstrates how, yeah, this means something to people. And, yeah. And um, presumably politicians are waking up to the fact that it's going to cost them votes. Yeah. shows it's working, that sort of messaging. Yeah, definitely. Uh, around this. I, I've had the same, you know, sort of last family wedding I went to. I was, um, you know, people sort of know what I, I do, and this is, you know, cousins and uncles I haven't seen for, for many, many years, and don't aren't they aren't her people or anything, but they they all knew something and had questions for me, and I'm yeah. mainly um, a lot of them are in sort of uh, the South Pennines, ridiculing the fact that Curly was on the red list. Oh yeah, because they're all where we are. Yeah, <laughs> Curly was all over the place, and they were sort of telling me me great details about where you could find um, hordes of curlews around Halifax and stuff like right. that. So I was I was being um, sort of queried. I think there was some, some sort of uh, some doubt about this, but yeah. <laughs> that's always yeah, yeah. the way because you know yeah, yeah. Um, birds do better in some places and other than, than yeah, you see a lot of that online, don't you? Yeah. You know they're doing fine where I am. So Herringull seems to have been the one that's really got people's goats. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, They're not declining. How can they be declining? They had my chips. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you have to make a point about yeah, stuff that I do, the monitoring and the rigorous approach and the fact that, yeah, they might be doing great in, in um, Bridlington or wherever you had your chips stolen, but they've disappeared from seabird colonies all over the place. Yeah. And um, I'm going to concentrate on crossing this. Yeah. <laughs> crossing this bog. A little bit of a plodge. The dogs led the way. Straight through. Bit of uphill now, bit of huffing and puffing. We can't blame on the panting of the dogs anymore. No. <laughs> we were just talking as well about Will and I in the car, about birds. He's just come back from a holiday in Italy and birds that behave totally differently in a different country. You know, nightingales in cities, whereas they're so shy and secretive here. You know, you were saying that in one of the towns he was in, in Italy as well, they had not black red starts, but actual red starts in the city, in the town. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is so weird how different countries, different populations of birds have just totally different niches and habits. That's something that's really, yeah, it's always fascinated me. That I wish there was more more knowledge on it. Actually, I've talked to people about you know wanting more 
more research on, on that and, and I think particularly how species niches become narrower, they become fussier about where they want to, to live, where they can live, when they're on the edge of their, their range, I would think it's a climate thing. Yeah. So when their climate is, is less suitable for them, still just about enough, they're on the edge of the range, like red starts in the UK for example, nightingales as you mentioned, you know, the climate's not as suitable for them, it's still just about bearable, so maybe they have to be fussier in other aspects of their ecology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, golden Oriole's another one. Yeah. There's a rare breed of that, that's what interests me. In the UK, our breeding golden Orioles have been really fussy. Even when we had a more established population in the 70s and 80s, they were restricted to areas of, of poplar. Yep. Uh, a particular commercial cultivar grown for the, the match industry yep. in East Anglia, and that's all they, they really occurred in. And then when the match industry, the economics of the match industry became unfavourable in the UK because you can get them a lot cheaper in, in Eastern Europe. And so there are no new plantations. They aged and have, have largely gone. The golden orioles have gone. But if you go on holiday to the Mediterranean, they're in all sorts of woodland. Yeah. So, yeah, they're clearly, they've got a broader tolerance where the, the climate is more, more yeah. suitable to them. Long-eared owls as well, and when you see these, you know, roosts in like Eastern Europe and stuff like that, yes. in little towns where they've got like a tree full of fifty long-eared owls. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd I, twitch that. I'd love to see that. Yes, <laughs> you see there were photos this this winter as well that somewhere one of these roosts have got an albino one. Oh yeah, I did see that. Oh, that was a stunner, wasn't it? I would love <laughs> to see one of those. We're stopped by a stream here, and uh, Mark's dog Sam is literally just lying in the stream cooling down <laughs> every opportunity he gets he goes and has a little lie in the in the cool water bird number five is it still there i, I could see his bid i thought it went over, it went the, top. over the top did it i missed it but it landed it perched and yeah. so it's so it's a little white bib yeah definitely saw it little smart gentleman yeah the edges to the feathers and all that you know that, that, yeah, that. yeah 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 i am pretty happy right now just uh oozles just zoomed over and we've got a good good view in the bins. A little neat collar. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. I'm so pleased. Good shout for kit there. Yeah. Sharp eyes. Yeah, well, it's not It's not usually me that uh, picks up on something, but, yeah, I, I thought you were you were yakking on. I'd get ahead. <laughs> I'd get a few yards ahead before you... found uh, <laughs> everything out. Yeah. In a way. But I've noticed that nature. you're very good at that. Even yeah. when we're chatting on, you'll go, ooh, yeah. you know, wind chat. You say, I'm useless at that. I need it to be quiet. Good at pretending to pay attention to people. <laughs> <laughs> when when I'm own. actually paying, no, yeah, yeah, I'm just nodding again. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah cross and, and I'm bird watching, basically. I don't know what you're saying to me. <laughs> so, we've just uh, had a little picnic lunch at a lovely spot up here at the top of the valley, and I'm going to about to spring my zero punches pulled question on Mark. Zero punches pulled. So, Mark, my question for you, in terms of your line of work with rare breeding birds, the red list and all of that that you've been doing for many years, so my question to you is, if you could make any one UK species of bird that is very rare more common, what would it be? And if you could make one very common bird less common and make that rare, what would you pick? So, um, the first one's really hard, isn't it? Actually, they're both difficult. 
because because there aren't many bears you choose to see less of um so it's hard to think of one and of course there's lots of species that we'd want more of you know, 70 red listed ones for a start absolutely um but actually i i think i choose one i mean you might not expect from my my background my work on you know generally rare birds red listed species that i i choose to be more of is the skylark because i i love them i mean they're not a huge amount to look at but the song of a skylark is is so beautiful and it's such an important part of our countryside and our our heritage if you want it's there in our, our culture it's interwoven into um to our literature and our music lark ascending Vaughan williams etc etc there's just so so much of it um and they're actually still a common bird uh, and still widespread but there are a lot fewer than there used to be um and that means that maybe in northumberland we're all right we've heard them earlier and you can go in many many places you know, if you're in the countryside in the open countryside in Northumberland, you'll probably find skylarks. But there are parts of the country where you won't, and there are a lot of people who, whose lives are no longer enriched by skylarks in the way that they should be. You know, people living in in southern England in areas of intensive agriculture that would have once been full of skylarks, and every every time they ventured out, they they'd hear them in the, the spring and summer. Will no longer, and those sort of dog walks and so forth are no longer enriched by this this soundtrack. And I yeah. think that's really sad and i think it's really sort of symptomatic of what we've done to the countryside over recent decades and the impoverishment of of large areas of our, our countryside it's not just skylarks but many other species but i yeah i think bringing the skylark back would bring another an awful lot of other biodiversity back it would help our harvest mice and our butterflies and everything else um so sometimes yeah it's not just about saving the really rare things but actually bringing back those commoner things to make them truly common in the way they once were yeah would have a much bigger impact on yeah on our countryside and on our wildlife than than saving a, a single rare species so that's slightly contrary to my my sort of professional interests and so forth but that's a yeah. good answer and it's a, it's a far fuller and more considered answer than you know that's a, a very sort of you know scientific and it, it's a really good answer i'll be i want more heron harriers <laughs> we don't have any hen harriers, you know. There should be more. I want more hen harriers. What about the bird that you would happily see less of? I guess it's a fairly obvious one. It might be seen as slightly controversial. I suspect I wouldn't be the first person to have said this to this question. It's pheasant. That would be mine, definitely. <laughs> Possibly the commonest answer you can you can get. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, pheasants, actually, if you stop and look at a pheasant, very handsome birds. My dogs, who are very well behaved and not allowed to chase birds, are quite keen on pheasants, though, because they, <laughs> they can liven up a boring dog walk by flushing one out <laughs> the rushes in front of you or something. But, hey, yeah, we, we, we know that it's somewhere around 50 million, between 40 and 50 million pheasants are released into the UK every autumn. And there's actually quite a knowledge gap about the impact that those that release has on our native biodiversity but there's growing evidence that um there are some serious negative impacts of of that we know that in the autumn that period early autumn after they've been released the biomass of the pheasants and red-legged partridges about five million red-legged partridges that have been released is equal 
to the biomass of all the native birds in the country at that time. That's a mad statistic, which is isn't incredible. it? Incredible. Yeah. yeah, this is the work by by like to Tim Blackburn weighing those, well, literally weighing those those up. Um, yeah, and that's it's impossible that that can't be having a profound impact on our native biodiversity, not just the, the birds, through all sorts of ways. And, and you know, it, it's fair to say, it is, you know, I'll acknowledge that there are quite a lot of good things, good habitat management that happens for those pheasants, that there are benefits, and the research has also shown benefits of the work that's done around those, those pheasant releases. But, um, you know, the evidence that we have is that that's outweighed by the, the negative impacts. And yeah. it seems remarkable in a country where it's, it's actually illegal to release other non-native species into our, our countryside deliberately. So you can't release a, a, a different species of, of game bird that you do, but it's actually illegal to do so. Yeah. But it is illegal, illegal to release millions yeah. of pheasants. Yeah, 40 million pheasants. With, without a real understanding of the impact that's, yeah. that's having. So I think, um, you know, I'm not a shooter. I don't really have a great um, problem with, with that. It's not, it's not a sort of moral point for me i just worry about the, the conservation impact yeah um and it does seem remarkable that we do that on that scale that there's no other country in the world that i'm aware of that does anything like this i talk to my european ontological colleagues and tell them about this and their jaws shrug yeah that people are allowed to do this on that you know factory industrial scale yeah. um and then so, they bimble around on the roadsides and they're, they're thick as mints as well pheasants aren't they <laughs> yeah yeah, and and yeah, they bim around, they get run over, huge amount of road roadkill. They um yeah, they support huge populations of generalist predators. Yeah. Um which you know, so uh, and need the sort of knock on impact on other yeah, all, all, all sorts of yeah. things. The, the direct impacts of predation on slow worms and lizards and all sorts of other things which we, we yeah, haven't gauged properly. Um yeah. I think we could probably do with a few less that's yeah. quite honest. I think that's uh, yeah, that's it. I would have said pheasants, but I wouldn't have been able to back, to back it up with such a strong argument. I think that's that's really that's good. A fantastic answer, wasn't it? But yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Will, what about you? Um, well, I live in London, so I do see a lot of parakeets. So I don't mind if they were to get extremely rare and not even <laughs> show up at all. But um, yeah, I was just thinking because <clears throat> I was harping on about it earlier, but I just was in Italy and there was red starts hopping around like robins and a. I'd love that to be that yeah. red start was just a common thing to see about in, in most woodlands or on top of your roof, you know, like you do here yeah. and see in Italy. And then I was just thinking, apart from the parakeets, which is more obvious, but there are a lot of magpies. And actually, I remember an American coming over and he was desperate to see a magpie because it was different for him. And there, it's a good looking bird, right? If you haven't oh, seen yeah. one. So maybe if they were a little more rare would appreciate them and, yeah. and their plumage a little bit more so maybe there's something about that isn't it the birds that are just dead dead common sorry yeah the dogs have seen some other walkers coming but yeah you know if a, if a blue tip was rare yeah that's an interesting argument I hadn't thought of that one yeah make, yeah. make something rarer so you appreciate it more yes. yeah that's yes that's an interesting concept it, uh, it occurred to me then as I was about to slam parakeets into the skip <laughs> <laughs> Well, you were talking about peregrines, though, urban peregrines before. And I, I've, yes. I've heard that there are some of these London peregrines that are, are more or less existing on the diet of parakeets. Yes, I, with, I, with I can't wait to see turning it green with parakeet feathers. <laughs> oh, that'd so, be great you know, to see a peregrine yeah, yeah. taking a parakeet, wouldn't it? I'd love to see that. Yes. 
Good Grand. Answer, yeah. Well, I think we better start. There's a grey wagtail flying down the valley there. I think we better start getting a wriggle on. Get you for your train to go home. So, there we have it. That We're at the, the end of your Northumbrian odyssey, Will. Been How's it fantastic. been? Fantastic, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful place. I'm coming back. I'm moving. Good stuff. We're almost back to the car after our hike up the valley and our successful find of a of a stonking male ring oozle with his little bib shining in the sun briefly before he Woo-hoo. nicked off um, so we've done pretty well with redless birds I think today yeah what, what have we got what's the tally what, what do we get uh, what have we have we've had spotted fly catchers missile thrush so yeah. missile thrush um, skylark skylark wind chat ring oozle House Martin over the, the farmhouse. Yeah. We're going up. Uh, Flycatch, we said. Curlew. Curlew. And there'll be a few others which which are here, which we've we've missed. We've not seen any starlings. Um, no. Many, but you'd expect to see starlings around here. Or cuckoo. Uh, cuckoo, as discussed before, that was because you two were too lazy to get out of bed early <laughs> enough to hear cuckoos, because <laughs> it was undoubtedly uh, hooching with them earlier this morning. Uh, Troop of it. Tree pivot, yeah. Tree pivot, yeah, I mean, they are around, or they usually are, so hopefully they've not disappeared. We've just missed them again, it might be, but they were, they were active earlier yeah. today. Um, there's a few others we might have, might have seen here. We sometimes you get swifts coming up the valleys. Um, doesn't look like a great year for swifts, so maybe that's why we haven't seen them. Yeah, but I think we did pretty flipping well, don't you? Yeah. We did. Good support and cast of other things as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, it's been a Good weather lovely again. afternoon. Yeah, beautiful. So thank you very much, Mark. Pleasure, pleasure, yeah. absolutely. It's, been, it's been really nice having like a, a, prop, a proper professional guide. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great company, great creatures, great birds. Yeah, nice afternoon. Well, that's it, Will. I hope you've had a good time. Oh, it's been fantastic. It, I mean, thanks for taking me to all your your local splendour around here. I mean, I can't believe my first night jar. A um, couple of guys hanging out in the dark with nets on our, on our heads. Um, <laughs> fantastic. Um, even some long-eared owl um, youngsters calling. And uh, oh, it's, it's all been good. And then ring oozle today. But it's, just, it's been fantastic. What a beautiful place to, to live. I see why you hang out here. It's not and, bad, is it? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And I'll be... I think we'll have to arrange another date soon. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I'm getting the sads now because I'm just going to have to... I'm just zipping up my bins. <laughs> Till next time. So, I need to get you to your train, Will. Right then, yeah. Pint Good. first. <laughs> <laughs> Pint before your Sunday blues kick in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, that's it. Um, thanks for listening, folks. And, yeah, catch you next time. Bye. Bye.